Hello and welcome to Work Life No Balance, the podcast that helps you take a fresh look at how to achieve work-life balance in today's always connected, work-centric world. I'm your host, Prash Raval. In 2015, I was an investment banker in London, working 100-hour weeks and struggling with my mental health. In 2023, I'm about to take the leap into self-employment, running a small business with my wife from our home in the British countryside. I've escaped the rat race, put an end to my workaholism and finally put work second. And you can too. If you're ready to free yourself from the grind, you're in the right place. Okay, let's jump right into this episode. These are my top five lessons to you to finally achieve work-life balance. And just a heads up, this is not going to be the usual stuff like setting boundaries, turning off email notifications, because A, you will have already heard those things elsewhere. They're pretty cliche. And B, I just don't think that those are the keys to achieving work-life balance. If they were, you'd have already achieved it and you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast. For me, work-life balance is about making work three-part thing, a non-constraining, enhancing and seamless part of your life. Why should you trust me? I've spent the last 12 months obsessing over this topic reading articles, listening to podcasts, hosting my own podcast, this podcast where I've interviewed guests from various walks of life. And um, this is this episode is really me bringing together all of my key learnings that I have actually started applying in my own life. 12 months ago, I was burnt out at the end of a six-year stint at a big tech company. That's when I started to get really interested in diving into this whole topic of work-life balance I knew I already knew that I wanted to uh, prioritize life over work, but I just hadn't been able to achieve it. And that's why I really went deep. And so for me today, I'm going to try and keep it super practical for you as well and give you real life examples, uh, either from my own journey, um, but also from the guests that I've had on the show. So let's dive right in. Number one you should be able to prioritize the things most important to you outside of work over work. Now, the way that I think about that is if you imagine your to-do list that you have at work, um, whether that's for a day, for a week, for the year, or if you think about that over your career, and then you want to add to that same list all of the things that are most important to you, you know, depending on what the time frame is that you're looking at, work should not stop you doing the things that are most important to you. Um, So, you know, even at the day-to-day level, and I think it's important to say here, you know, this is not just the things that you want to do. So like, for example, me today, you know, I'd love to watch the, uh, the new, you know, the new season of The Witcher on Netflix, but it's not, it's not really feasible for me to say, well, I'm going to do that instead of working. Um, And actually I would argue that if, I did want to do that overworking. I'm not necessarily optimizing for work-life balance either. This is about the things that are most important to you, the things that bring you the most joy, um, but also the things that are, you know, most deeply fulfilling, Um, you know, things like looking after family members. Um, And also really crucial to say, looking after your health would be on this list. we usually think about work-life balance, traditionally you think about it at the micro level, I would say. So, you know, what are your working hours, day-to-day, etc. But I think in the context of this lesson, it's also really helpful to step back and remember that 
you know, hopefully we'll be living for 80 plus years and you might be working for 50 plus years at that time. So what are the things that are most important to you to achieve in your life or over the next 10 years, over the next five years? Let's give you some examples. Um, you know, for some of you, that may be the thing that's most important to you is being a great parent, uh, potentially having lots of kids and being a present parent for them. Well, in that case, you might think about optimizing for things like a job that has good parental leave or a job that allows you to take parental leave and then to come back and continue your career in a way that you feel like you should. Um, or, you know, a job, if you want to have lots of kids, a job that uh, allows you to, you know, sort of start having them in your 20s, your late 20s, potentially, um, without having a serious impact to how far you can progress. You know, we heard, for example, in the episode with Ravina, the junior doctor, she talked about how a lot of doctors now are having to delay having children and there's an impact to these really important life choices for them. So that's one example, taking a slightly less kind of fixed point in life um, thing and looking, say, for example, let's say your parents are getting older and you know that over the next five to 10 years that they might need more care. And actually, it's really important to you to be able to give one day a week to looking after them. Uh, you might start optimizing for a job that allows you to work part time or do a four day week or compressed hours. Uh, again, it, it, you, want, you want to be in a situation where work is not constraining you from doing this thing that is really important, kind of at the spiritual level. Uh, a more fun example, let's say, uh, perhaps you love traveling and, you know, not just going on two week holidays, but really spending a good chunk of the year abroad or in crazy places around the world. Maybe you're optimizing for a job that has really long periods of holiday, like uh, teachers with their summer breaks or a job that allows you to work remotely. Um, so those are some macro examples. Personally, I think the aim is to be able to apply this lesson all the way down at the micro level of the day. So on a day-to-day -day basis, being able to prioritize the things most important to me outside of work, over work. Um, and, you know, I think the reason that I like to think about it at the micro level is it means there's just short, uh, much, much shorter stints of time, you know, minutes and hours where I might be feeling out of balance. Um, I also, you know, I'm a big fan of Stoic philosophy where the learning is, you know, you never know if tomorrow is going to come. So really try and, you know, maximize on the, the time that you, you, you know you have. Um, so for me, um, the things that are most important to me outside of work on a day-to-day -day basis, things like doing exercise in the morning, um, taking an hour's lunch break to read or to go for a walk or just to have a bit of time for self-reflection. And then to be able to have a really nice relaxing dinner in the evenings with my wife every evening. So for me, that means that I'm optimizing for a job that has, you know, short enough working hours that allows me to have that dinner in the evening, uh, predictable working hours that allows me to take breaks. Um, so I have, you know, the energy at the end of the day. These are the types of things that I'm thinking about generally. Um, this year, I guess, you know, something else has really come up for me that has become really important for me and I've had to be more mindful of it and that's my health. Um, a few months ago I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition related to my allergies and I've had to really be mindful of that and think about it in terms of 
you know, booking doctor's appointments, attending doctor's appointments, going to the pharmacy to pick up my, my meds, um, occasionally taking a bit of time to just not work and kind of look after myself and sleep in and lie down. And um, I've been very lucky to say that my job have been very supportive of that. I mean, it helps that I'm do I've been doing a four day week. And so I've been able to take that extra day in the week when I needed to rest. Um, but I never feel like, oh man, I can't, I don't even have time to pick up the phone to book a doctor's appointment. I don't have time to go to the pharmacy. Um, and you really don't want to be in a world where your work stops you protecting your health. And so I think that's one that is particularly top of mind for me this year. So summarize um, that goal, that, that lesson again, you should be able to prioritize the things most important to you outside of work over work. Um, I think if you are not doing that, then you're going to be feeling burnt out and you're not going to be feeling in balance. Now, there is a slight caveat to this, um, and I would be a hypocrite if I didn't mention this, that it's not always pers it's not always possible to do this at the micro level, particularly at the start of your career. And at the start of your career, you might have to take a more macro approach and say, well, I'm going to work really, really hard and not and, and sort of sacrifice things that I want to do this year so that in five years time I can do whatever it is, uh, go in, well, for example, what I'm doing now after 10 years, go into a, a self self-employment safe in the knowledge that I have my, uh, like I have some savings in the bank to, as a safety net. And I also have my experience on my CV and my network that if self-employment doesn't work out, I can go back into the job market. So it's not, it's, it's a bit of a, I am able to take such a micro approach now at this stage in my career. It might not always be possible at the start of your career, but do still look after yourself and be really mindful about how long you can actually uh, last in a period of imbalance. Now, all of that was really focused on life and didn't say anything about actually how important work is to you in terms of joy and fulfillment. And that brings me on to lesson two. <clears throat> Number two, work should enhance your quality of life. Work should be an enhancing part of life. And this isn't often thought of much when people talk about work-life balance. Um, but for me, it's it's absolutely essential. Why? Because for most of us, work is going to be a part of our everyday. Um, we have to work. We have to work to earn a living. And so even if you're able, you have a nine to five job or maybe even less if you're part time and you don't enjoy that work, it doesn't enhance your life. You are still going to be feeling out of balance because at any given point in time, you, you would rather be doing something else. So. Um, you want to find work that feels like an it's an enhancing part of your life. The way I like to think of it is that work should be an essential ingredient to your happiest life rather than something that diminishes it. So how do you do that? Um, well, you know, a really obvious way to think about this is to go and do a passion job, um, you know, go and actually work in something that uh, is the thing that you're most passionate about that you love doing. Um, but, you know, two things. Number one, you know, not all of us can be footballers or artists or um, singers. Um, but also, as we heard from Malti, um, who for, in a previous episode of this podcast, who is now a, a full-time professional artist, even doing a passion job 
uh, is is still work, and there's, there'll be a lot of uh, you know parts of the work around the actual thing that you're passionate about. So I think a more practical way to apply this for most people is to really try and find a role or a job where you're able to do things on a day-to-day basis that stimulate you, that energize you, just things that you actually enjoy doing, whether that's building slick spreadsheet models or it's designing really attractive apps or it's leading a team and mentoring people. Find a role that allows you to just do those things that actually in any given moment, you know, you're you're in sort of flow state and, and you're not watching the clock. One of the ways that I like to think about this as well is, you know, what can I what can I get from my work that I can't get from outside of work? Um, and and that, for example, looks like things like leading a team, which is less obvious to think about that there are opportunities outside of work to do that. But leading a team and inspiring people. But also uh, I think about work being an opportunity there to sort of get out of my own head and out of my own world and get some perspective um, and work on projects that are sort of bigger than myself and, you know, make me start thinking about the world outside of, of you know, me and, and my sort of circle. Of course, now as I'm venturing into self-employment and going into business with my wife, the other way that I'm thinking about this is sort of actually bringing in more of my favourite things of that I have in you know, life or the non-work aspects of life into my work, um, which is actually sometimes thought of as a, you know, one of the cardinal sins of work-life balance, this kind of separation. Actually, I'm really bringing them together and streamlining things. So one of my favorite things to do in life is spend time with my wife and uh, help her out and support her and help her be her best. And actually, that's going to be a crucial part of my work now. So um, I'm really excited about that and we'll see how we'll see how it goes. So to summarize, work should enhance your quality of life. It should be something that excites you and energizes you and makes life that bit sweeter. Um, I would just finish off this lesson by saying that I think one of the great things that work can give us is purpose. Number three, it's actually more about harmony than balance. Yeah, there's a bit of an issue with this word balance, isn't there? It sort of makes you think of work and life as two very separate, distinct things that kind of sit either side of a weighing scale and you're trying to get them to be even, which is obviously ridiculous because a work, work is a part of life. And so really, you know, we're thinking about work and the non-work aspects of life coming together. And the lesson here is about ensuring that these work and non-work aspects are in harmony with each other. This is about making work a seamless part of life. One of the ways, you know, thinking about this practically that I like to think about it is really there should be no difference between Sunday evening you and Monday morning you um, in terms of what you're thinking, what you're saying, what you're doing, um, your whole kind of aura and vibe, it sh- should be the same. Um, and if it isn't, you're just not going to feel like you're not going to feel in, in sort of integrity. For me, I like to think about this as sort of being my authentic self at work um, and being able to show my true character and really not having to to censor myself too much or hide hide anything and just being and bringing my the true power of my personality and my character into my work. And that's something that I've really been encouraged to do. Um, at Jaya, the the job I've been working at for the past uh, eight months or so. Um, 
but there are other ways of thinking about this as well. So you might think about this from a values point of view, um, you know, the values of the organization that you're working for sort of being in alignment with your own values. If, for example, uh, it's really important to you to sort of look after people and not take advantage and be generally kind, then maybe a job in, say, a gambling, the gambling industry might not be uh, right for you. And you might feel that every day going into that job that you're having to sort of sell out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, to summarize this one, pretty short and sharp, um, although actually a little bit awkward uh, given the name of this podcast. Uh, actually, it's not about balance. It's about harmony. Number four, balance is more about internal than external causes. So I actually think this is the biggest lesson of this podcast. So this is the one to lean in for. This is huge. And so far, really, in this episode, I've talked about things that you might think of as external, choosing the right jobs and roles for you. Um, but actually, also, when you think of work-life balance, you might generally think of, you know, that horrible job or that evil boss that didn't give a damn about your life and was trying to squeeze every drop out of you and kept giving you projects, even when you said you were swamped. Um, and now that is true that, that, that may be true. I've been in that boat. Um, but then, you know, the question is, well, why didn't you say no? Or why haven't you left that job or that team? Um, and actually really my biggest discovery over the past 12 months is it's really when it gets down to it, really, when you think about the control that's in your hands, it's not about the external, it's about the internal. And finding balance is about really effective self-awareness and self-management. Yeah, for me, uh, I've I've really been on a journey with this one. And I, I actually explained the whole journey in the previous episode of this podcast, if you want to hear it. But three standout pieces for me have been around removing the link between hard work and being a good person, removing the need for stimulation from work and removing the link between my work and my identity and my self-worth. And, you know, those are really, really complex, deep internal factors that meant that whatever job change I did and that I have done until I really resolved those and, and I'm still working on resolving those. And until I resolve those, really, I'm not going to be able to finally truly achieve work-life balance because I'm just going to keep working. I'm just going to keep working because I think that if I don't work hard, then uh, I'm not a good person and I'm lazy. Um, and I'm going to think that if I don't have a job title that people respect, then maybe I'm a, I'm worthless. Um, and actually, I'm just addicted to work. Um, I need to keep working. I need the dopamine hit um, because I feel like life is sort of uh, meaningless and... Um, bit worthless if I don't do it and yeah it's been a real journey to get to that point and so there's a and there's a lot that goes into that and there you can think about things that are relevant for you there and what are the sort of nature and nurture factors that drive you to overwork and to not have work-life balance um you know uh we've heard from guests on this podcast around immigrant mentality and have your parents raised you to to believe that actually working hard is 
is an essential part of life and something that should be respected above anything else, even if it's at the cost of your health um, and happiness? Or are you worried about what all of your friends and peers will think if you leave behind the flashy job title and um, go and start working for a small family-run company nearby that's going to give you a much better quality of life? This is where the key to truly achieving work-life balance is. Um, changing the external is helpful for sure. Changing jobs it can be really helpful. Um, but until you change the internal, you are not going to achieve work-life balance. Okay, now the next lesson is a slightly different one. Um, number five, worrying about work-life balance is deeply privileged. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about this quite a lot over the past few months as I've been you know, writing all these articles and recording this podcast. It is a privilege to be able to talk about this topic. Um, and if I didn't acknowledge this, I'd have to be in a real bubble because for many of us and potentially for many of you, Optimizing work is it's just simply about ensuring survival rather than improving quality of life, right? It's about making enough money to put food on the table. And, um, you know, for me, that would certainly have been the case for my, um, if not my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation, they weren't thinking about work-life balance because they were simply trying to work enough and earn enough to support their families. And then also for many others, work-life balance is uh, not the a luxury that they can afford to think about because the main thing holding them back from quality of life isn't work, it's health issues or it's a really difficult home life. And yeah, I think I've been uh, considering, you know, whether this topic is even worthy of my time and attention given all of that. Um, and eventually I've come to the conclusion that it is, and that's why I'm recording this podcast. And the, here's the reason. I think that if each of us can improve our work-life balance, we could free up some time and energy away from work, then that time and energy can be put to good use for society. It can allow us to, it can allow us to do good, to do more good uh, outside of our jobs, outside of our spreadsheets and outside of making dollars for our corporations and for ourselves, right? Um, you know, the more I think about it, work, and in particular overwork, which is what many of us are doing and many of you might be doing now, it might be helpful to think of it, actually, it can end up being quite a selfish thing to do. Um, you're just doing it to make a few extra dollars, pounds, um, or because you want to satisfy your cravings for stimulation and for dopamine hits of, you know, the, the, the emails from your boss telling you that you've done a great job. Um, but imagine if you could step back from that, spend less time and energy on work and use it, for example, to go and uh, look after old people in your community or, um, you know, I'm a big believer in charity starts at home. I think I think that's the phrase. Um, but for me, you know, my um, for me, this starts with just how can I make sure if I give less time and energy to work that I can be an even more caring and supportive husband to my wife. And if we have kids that I can be a more present and supportive father. Uh, and then I really hope I really hope that as time goes on and 
my balance continues to improve, that I can sort of broaden my ambitions around doing good and use the time and energy to go and support my community. So yes, thinking about work-life balance is a privilege, but I think it's worthy of talking about if we think about really using the balance that is created to, to do good and potentially to help those people that don't have the privilege of thinking about it. So please, yeah, do just think about that one and consider what good you could do if you didn't work as much. So that's it. Those are my five lessons. I really hope those have been, have been valuable for you. I should say a couple of things to close out. Number one, I talk about achieving work-life balance. In reality, you're never one day going to achieve work-life balance and you've got balance for the rest of your life. Um, it balance ebbs and flows, it comes and goes, and you're, you're always going to be swinging either side of that golden line. Um, I think that really all of this is about being developing self-awareness and self-management and choosing the right external environments that are going to just enable the swings either side of the line to be a, a bit less far away and for you to be able to be um, in feeling in a, in a general state of balance over the longer term and in the bigger picture as much as possible. So with that, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. This may well be my final episode. If so, thank you for your support. Thank you for being here and helping me on the journey that I've been on. And good luck with yours.